Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. All right, so I am, we started the series called Healthy Heart last week, and today I am continuing it, and the, the title was Let It Go. So if you saw, oh, let it go, what does that mean? Appropriate for winter time, right? Um, so actually, my, my teaching is on forgiveness. And, you know, forgiveness is everything. Um, that's what, what the whole Bible is about, is about forgiveness. And so today I am going to share with you um, a, a different teaching than I normally do about forgiveness. I just felt like the Lord um, wanted us to start at the beginning. And so we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer a little bit. So many of you know the Lord's Prayer. At one point in time, we did a whole series on just the Lord's Prayer, and we dissected it. It's actually found in two places. It's found in Matthew, and it's found in Luke. And they are not verbatim the same thing. So this gives us an idea that what Jesus was talking about was um, a model to follow, not necessarily have to recite it a certain way. But uh, what happened right before Jesus told us about the Lord's Prayer is Peter turned to him and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. John had a prayer for us to pray. What do you, how do you want us to pray? And so Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Sorry. Go back to my Lutheran roots there. <laughs> um, so we extol Jesus as the king who he is, right? I mean, that's when we come to ask God in our prayer life, we should come in um, a, a posture that is worthy of the king of kings, right? We need to have that right posture. And then we need to ask for his kingdom to come, his will to be done on earth, because this is where we are. We don't have to ask for the things that are going on in heaven because he's got that handled, right? So our prayers need to be, what you got going on in heaven, let's bring it down here to earth. And give us this daily, <laughs> give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This prayer, when I was looking at some commentaries and digging through you know, it's the same sentence, give us this daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, um, our debtors. And um, Guzik, uh, one of the commentators, says what he's talking about is our daily needs. That sentence talks about what we need daily. Another commentator said, as bread is the first need of the body, so forgiveness is the first need of your soul. And it's something that we need every day. In, in the word debt, you're like, okay, debt. In the Aramaic, debt means sin. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Does anybody know in Matthew what the next thing Jesus says is? For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Why is it so hard to forgive? I had a situation come up this week. This coworker, um, I had some personal situations going on in my life that were really pr- pretty hard, and I had a coworker who, um, <laughs> they ticked me off. I probably wasn't in a really good space anyway. Probably would have been mad even if they hadn't said something really stupid. So, of course, I'm like, <laughs> they, did, they said something really stupid. And my reaction was, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. The reason it's hard, I think, one of the reasons it's hard to forgive somebody else is we compare them to ourselves. And we kind of put ourselves on a little, especially, sorry guys, anybody in the room who's a Christian, we tend to like put ourselves on a little better of a pedestal. You know, we know how to behave better than those Gentiles do. Anybody see a Pharisee in the room? You know, we compare what they're doing to what we think should be done. And maybe we're right. Maybe, maybe we are right. But the truth is, we are all sinners. Even those of us who are saved. We all are sinners. Jesus wouldn't say, forgive, ask for forgiveness if you didn't need it daily. I think he might have known I don't know, maybe Jesus knew what he was asking us to do. He didn't say, well, say this prayer until you believe in me, and then you don't have to worry about your sins anymore. He said, ask for forgiveness daily and extend that forgiveness. And the light that we need to be looking at our sins is in comparison to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Sin. It's all over the Bible. Has anybody read the Bible? See any sin going on anywhere? Yeah, it's kind of prevalent. It seems like it happens all the time. Even Christians. The whole New Testament. I just wonder, wow, Paul, did you ever get tired of those people? They kept doing stuff they weren't supposed to do, right? And Paul says in Romans 3, as it is written, there is no righteous, not even one. None of us are righteous of our own merit. He's actually quoting um, the Old Testament where it said, there is none righteous. He's repeating it. (laughs) Okay, so just in case you didn't know, none of us is righteous on our own. In Romans 3.23, it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so what, so what's the answer? If all of us sin and all of us fall short, well, the answer is Jesus, right? Jesus died before you repented because of your sins. He took all of your guilt, all of your sins, and he took it on him. Why? So you could be free. So you could be free to love God. A holy, tender, terrifying God. 
I thought about how one of the commentaries said, you know, God is both tender and terrifying. I was trying to wrap my head around it, and, and at Christmas time, my kids were sharing, and they all know that I love them very much. But they also know when mom gives that look, they all stop dead in their tracks. At school the other day, we have a, a, a little, little one who, who was misbehaving, and I pulled out the mom card. It's like, you don't do that again. Okay, okay, right? I think sometimes we get a little bit, we can go wrong one way or the other. We can be on the, God loves us, and he does, and he's merciful, but he's also perfectly holy and terrifying. We can't live in either camp. We have to be willing to take both. He's terrifying because he wants what's best for us. He saved us because he wants what's best for us. What does God do? Well, first, he holds back his anger a long time. He bears with us a long time when we provoke him over and over again. Think about the years that I spent before I got saved and how awful I lived. And yet, he held back. And then, and then he reaches out. He reaches out to people who are bad and woos them to himself. He calls them in. And as Carrie was sharing about the prodigals, he calls them in. He loves us while we're yet sinners. And he calls us into him. His love reaches out. He makes that first move. We don't do it. If you reached out to him, it's because he first reached out to you. He always makes the first move, trying to reconcile us. And then he forgives us completely, knowing that we will sin again, maybe even in the same way we already did. He forgives us. If you pray every day and you ask for forgiveness, he forgives you completely. Even if you turn around and do it again that day, he forgives you completely. His, his forgiveness is complete and glorious. Not, not so that he can draw us in and say, okay, now you get to work for me. He draws us in because we become his sons and daughters, adopted into his family, knowing what we are. He says, I want you, my son, my daughter. I want you in my family. Not sitting in the servants' quarters, but right here with me. He took on all the penalty of the wrong we did against him. Put it on Jesus. Innocent as Jesus was. And he took that guilt to the cross. So we wouldn't have to. And he keeps reaching out to us. It's not a one and done. 
He keeps drawing us back in. And then he does something completely crazy. He invites us to work with him. He trusts us to spread the message. He trusts us to be co-laborers and go out and reach others. So that's what God does for us when we ask him to forgive. <laughs> and yet Peter says to Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77, uh, 70, well, seven, a lot, okay? <laughs> a lot. Apparently I used a different version than I'm used to. He says we need to keep forgiving. The thing is, we know that for God to forgive us, we kind of get into this mind thinking of, yeah, but we have to repent before he forgives us. The forgiveness is there, right? Jesus died for our sins before we ever did anything. So it's there, and we have to repent, and then we are forgiven. And so when we look at others, we go, well, you didn't repent, so I can't forgive you. Anybody? Oh, wait, never, no, don't raise your hand. I have. They aren't sorry. They're going to do it again. I don't see in here where Jesus says, after they repent, forgive them. I mean, does it say that? Just checking. We don't get that. In the daily prayer, it says, forgive others. It doesn't say when they repent. We need to have the right thinking when we start dealing with others. When we think that we deserve their repentance, are we playing God? Just asking. Unforgiveness is a sin. In the parable of the unmerciful servant, in Matthew 18 through 23 through 35. I'm just going to read it. I was going to do something different, but I, I want to read it to you guys. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus, right after Peter says, how many times do I have to forgive? And Jesus says, a lot, right? 77 times 7, a lot of times. You have to keep doing it. Then he says, let me tell you a story. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Okay, about $9 billion, all right? So just so we have a concept of actual money, $9 billion. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he, his wife, and his children, and all that he had be sold to repay that debt. Okay, just, uh, just pause for a second. So if he sold the man, his wife, and his children, and all of this stuff, you think he's getting his $9 billion back? Okay, just, just clarifying. But. And then, at this point, the servant fell on his knees before him and said, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. 
probably not likely. Okay, but, you know, $9 billion's a lot. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. Don't even have to pay me back. I just had pity on him. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins, about 17000 He grabbed him, began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged, please be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. He went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay his debt. Probably not going to get very much money while he's in prison. But When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. They went and told the master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all your debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Tortured. That word has rumbled around a lot in my head the last couple of weeks as I've been thinking about this. Tortured. Unforgiveness brings about torture in a way. It becomes bitterness. You can't forgive. And actually, in some places, bitterness, the Webster's Dictionary describes bitterness as enmity, to actively oppose, dislike, friction, deep-seated dislike, a grudge, or hatred. That's what bitterness is. Unforgiveness does that. Hebrews 12 says, look out after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Aristotle defined bitterness as the resentful spirit that refuses reconciliation. Now, just a little point on reconciliation Jesus doesn't say you have to forgive and be reconciled. There may be one of the reasons you may not forgive is because you want reconciliation, but you, other, but you think the other person won't. Or the other person wants reconciliation and you're just not ready yet, right? But forgiveness needs to be extended regardless of what that person, where their, that person is at. You need to forgive and reconciliation and maybe... Um, maybe reconciliation isn't possible. Maybe the person isn't here. Maybe it's not a healthy situation. Doesn't, we don't have to be reconciled. But we do have to forgive. That's a non-negotiable. In here, when it says, um, so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God, failing to keep up with the grace of God, as one um, Barclay wrote, he said, the idea that grace 
that is that the grace of God is moving on past the pain, past the hurt, and we should move on also. When you don't forgive, you stay stuck. And you don't get to move with God. You're stuck in your unforgiveness. It grows into bitterness, and now you're sinning. In Ephesians 4, 31, it tells us to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you. Instead of holding on to that unforgiveness, we need to let it go. I spent, as some of you know my testimony, some of you don't, when I was 15 years old, um, I was raped. And I spent years dealing with that. And it wasn't until I was able to forgive that I actually found freedom. What they did wasn't right. I don't need to be reconciled to them. But I do need to forgive. Because it locks me up and keeps me from doing what God has called me to do. And I, I want God's forgiveness. I need forgiveness. I mess up daily. So what now what? So what do I do? How do I do this model prayer that Jesus prayed? How do I forgive? Well, I think it starts by trusting God. You have to really, really trust that God will take care of it. That he will make everything right. That he is good and he has your good in mind. I think so many times, so many of us don't trust God to handle it, that we're going to handle it ourselves. Anybody? No, you don't have to raise your hand. <clears throat> God isn't like our justice system here in America where things fall through the cracks. God is perfectly good and perfectly just, and he will reconcile everything. Every wrong done, he will make right. Maybe not the way you want or you like. You have to trust him. And you have to forgive daily. Every day. Say, I, I can't think of anything. Ask God. I'm sure he'll show you a couple things. Right? We need to forgive others and we need to ask for forgiveness daily. We need to repent of our unforgiveness things we've been holding on to, things we just don't, we aren't quite ready to let go of. For years, I, I um, again, just thinking that I'm somehow the comparison, struggled with my mom, really struggled with my mom. She didn't do things the way I thought she should have as a mom. 
She wasn't there the way I thought she should have been. And man, oh man, did it affect so many areas in my life. It even affected the church. I, uh, I had this view of the pastors because my authority figure let me down, so the authority figures here would also. And it wasn't until I could truly forgive and ask, ask God to forgive me for not letting those things go for all those years did I find freedom. Repenting says, I'm sorry. I won't do that again. And even if you do it again, Father, I, I really want to not do that again. And ask for his help. And then we need to be ministers of reconciliation. Now, that comes from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ? If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. Hallelujah. I am not who I once was. I am a new creation. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We get to share this with others. Do you want to be free from those sins? Do you want to be free from your hopelessness? Do you want to be free from the fear, the anxiety, the depression, all the things that are going on with you? I know how you can do it. Be reconciled to God. What kind of witness are you if you won't forgive your brother? If you don't let go of a sin, if you don't forgive others of their sins, how can you share a message of reconciliation? We have to do this. God is asking us to partner with him. He's asking us to go out, reach those that are lost, bring them to him. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. God speaks through us and tells them, come, find freedom in Christ. Not rules, freedom. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So who do you need to forgive? We're going to take a minute right now, and I'm going to walk you through this. Maybe you've never done this before. So I want you to close your eyes. And while your eyes are closed, I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to pray together. So, Father, I just ask right now that you would just show us who it is we need to forgive.
And while you're thinking of that person, I want you to acknowledge the pain that they caused you. Because they did hurt you. And now I want you to repeat after me. Everybody's going to say this at the same time, so you can say it, you can whisper it, you can say it loud. Everybody's going to do it together. So repeat after me, Lord, I choose to forgive and then say their name. And then say, I release my rights for justice. And I trust you in this situation. I repent for not forgiving them. Please forgive me for holding on to this hurt. I choose to forgive myself for holding on to this hurt. Now show me what you are putting in my heart where this hurt once lived. Let's just stay um, in prayer. Worship team, if you could come back up and um, just prepare to lead us in one of your songs, whichever one you think is most appropriate. Um, man, just the Lord is moving, and there, Justin's word about him just being here in a special way to answer prayer, I had some things bubbling up inside of me this morning that I wanted to pray over us. And so I just want to spend some time going after this. Kathy, thank you for your message. Um, and everyone just close your eyes so you're not distracted. Father, thank you for the truth that you just spoke, where forgiveness was released in this room and you spoke. I, the person I forgave um, and then you replaced it, you, you gave me peace. You gave me a measure of peace. And so whatever he gave you, I want that to just seep into you as, as the worship team ministers. Let that seep in. Let the places of your heart that have been dry soak that up. Soak up the truth from God. And maybe you need to do some more forgiving. Maybe you need to forgive yourself because you really messed up and other people forgave you, but you've been holding it against yourself and beating yourself up over it. You need to forgive yourself. Maybe you need to forgive God. Now, he doesn't make mistakes. He does no wrong, but we can hold against him. You owe me that debt and feel like, oh God, you owe me a debt. You wronged me. And so we need to say, um, God, I, re I repent for doing that. 
and and I no longer hold a debt against you for whatever the thing was. Okay? So I just want to give a little bit of time for that. You guys can bow, you can stand, you can sit. We have time. Service isn't over for another 10 10 or 15 minutes. So um, let's just follow where God's leading this morning.
move right into the next step of going back to trying to forgive again the person you've been trying to forgive this morning but have had trouble really unlocking that. Receive his forgiveness and receive and, and offer that forgiveness to others. Let's spend another minute on that. Father's heart. 
body, lead your spirit where it needs to go. So, so kneel on the floor. Come use this open new carpet space near the front of the building and, and lay down. Stand up. Raise your hands. Do something with your body, church. <laughs> the message preached this morning is the Christian faith. And if we miss it, <laughs> we're missing out on the freedom of God. I'm telling you, this message changed my life. <laughs> I want your life to be changed too. Move your body in some way right now to respond to God's call. Use the altar space. Use the floor. Go to the back of the room. Pace back and forth. Raise your hands. Do something to respond this morning, church.